Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is The Rita Cosby Show. And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show, another action-packed night, sadly, in Ukraine. And the president of Ukraine, Zelensky, saying he is staying. He is asking all citizens to pick up arms. And he is saying that the future of his country may very much be decided tonight. Because at this hour... There are many, many Russian forces headed into Kiev, the main city, the capital city there, as we speak. And what's been really remarkable, and I want to hear your thoughts tonight on this, the fight of the Ukrainian people has been incredible. They have basically been saying to anybody who can pick up arms, that includes grandmothers, that includes young kids, They are handing out Kalashnikovs literally at the post office and police station and saying, if you are ready, make sure that you pick up arms and you fight for your country. Because now tonight, they are literally going into the main city and they are looking for the president of the country, Zelensky. And all this comes as our president today finally said, okay, well, I'm going to agree with European Union sanctions, and yeah, we will sanction Putin, we'll sanction his foreign minister. We are, boy, so much in the following position. They're not even ahead of what is going on with the Europeans, who have some of them been kind of lackluster and not really fighting. And our president's been like, uh, yeah, let's kind of maybe follow up on this. He's still not doing anything to going after oil and gas from President Putin. So President Putin tonight is doing an all-out assault on the capital of Ukraine. And the people of Ukraine are fighting courageously and boldly with literally everything that they have. There's a story of a grandmother that literally came upon a Russian soldier And handed him some sunflowers. And he's like, what is that for? And she said, well, that's basically going to be on your grave because the Ukrainian people are going to be killing you. Think about the guts of that grandmother. I love that story. That, to me, epitomizes the fight of these people. And I say bravo because they are standing up for their country. Also now NATO forces, by the way, in the last few hours are going to be encircling Russia. They're not going to be stepping into Ukraine, but they have said that they will beef up things around their allies, the NATO countries. Uh, That means Poland. That means a couple other countries. They have up to 40,000 troops that they can actually pull in, also bringing in some warplanes. It's being led by a U.S. general, a four-star U.S. general. 
Um, so that's really interesting. So they're finally doing some things. But boy, is this too little too late. And tonight, Ukraine, the president there is saying all hands on deck that tonight may decide the future of their country and certainly the future for him and for so many others. So I want to hear from you tonight. Where do you see this headed? And do you think that our president has been lackluster? What else do you think the Americans need to do now? What do you think the Europeans need to do now? And what are your thoughts as you're watching what is happening tonight, where now this is a historic day? There are explosions being heard in the capital of Kiev. There are reports of troops all over the place, including by the zoo area there, that they are actually coming into the city. It's going to be hand-to-hand fighting, too. That's going to be combat forces as well because they are getting hit from the air but also now from the ground. And there are reports that Russian troops are encircling the capital of Kiev. And by the way, just to give you a sense, Kiev's a big city. There's about 3 million civilians there. And Putin was trying to get... The troops there, the military to say, okay, well, you know what? We will basically try to stage a coup. We'll try to do that. That's what Putin was trying to inspire the Ukrainian military to basically turn on its own. And they've said, blank you. That's been their message. Think about the guts of the Ukrainian people tonight. They've said, no way, Putin. And so far, the Ukrainian military, the Ukrainian civilians have been holding firm and really giving the Russians a fight for their money. And again, you're talking to the daughter right now of a Polish resistance fighter. My father was using Molotov cocktails. My father was a teenager fighting in Poland in World War II. So I say bravo to the Ukrainian people tonight. I say bravo to that grandmother who has shown incredible guts to that Russian soldier. I say bravo and that the American public is with you and we are watching this closely. I want to hear your thoughts tonight and what you make of the guts of the Ukrainian people tonight who are pleading for whatever help they can get. And no matter what they say, that they are staying and they are fighting for freedom. Bravo, bravo, bravo. And shame on our American president, who, by the way, is on his way back to Delaware. He's hanging out in Delaware this weekend. What, is he going to go to the ice cream parlor and try to decide if it's vanilla or chocolate as Ukraine is being slaughtered? To me, I don't think that sends a message that he is in control, that he has taken off and he's going back for sort of a vacation this weekend. Wrong weekend to do it, President Biden. By the way, everybody, we have an amazing show coming up tonight here on the Rita Cosby Show. Uh, We have two of the top generals in America that are going to be joining us here on the show, and you definitely don't want to miss that. Uh, The great commanding general, General David Petraeus is going to be joining us in just about 20 minutes or so now here on the show on this historic night of what is going on in the fight for freedom of Europe, maybe the fight for the world's freedom. Uh, This is an enormous, enormous night, and we are going to have one of the greatest American generals ever. The great General David Petraeus is going to be joining us in about 20 minutes here on the show to give us his take of what he makes of what's happening militarily right now on the ground, what the Ukrainians can do, and what he thinks of the spirit of the Ukrainian people and what he expects to maybe happen tonight. Also, we have Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin is going to be joining us in the next hour. He's going to be with us in about an hour to give us his take on what he thinks of these big, huge breaking developments and what he thinks of the leadership style or lack thereof of our 
American president. Well, as I said, right now, uh, the Ukrainian people have been picking up arms, and that includes every man, woman, and child, essentially, who's able to do so is doing that. Uh, That even includes members of parliament. Typically, these are politicians, but now they are warriors for freedom. And take a listen to how one Ukrainian parliament official is describing what is happening to their country at this hour. That we are facing a full-on invasion like the world has never seen since 1939. As, as then Hitler wanted to destroy Poland as a nation, so does Putin wish to destroy Ukraine as a nation. And just a little bit ago, KT McFarland, who was on President Trump's national security team, had this to say of her thoughts and prayers right now as Ukraine is fighting for its survival. You Americans, you fought for your freedom. We Ukrainians, we got it just when the collapse of the Soviet Union. So I keep thinking back to that moment. These are the young men and women in their 30s and 40s who are out on the street fighting. Nobody expected them to fight and to put up a fight like this against the greatest military in Europe. And God bless them for what they're doing. Yeah, it is remarkable. And again, heavy fighting right now in the streets of Kiev. So everybody is fighting and now Russian forces are in there and explosions being heard as this night could be a very pivotal one and a very decisive one for the future of a free country. And that is Ukraine. And that is a message about freedom for the world. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Hudson in the Bronx. Go ahead, Hudson. Your thoughts about all this. Hey, Rita. Um, I'm usually like you. I'm a very, very happy, chipper person. I am to the point now that I am disgusted. I'm disgusted with this administration. This man, if you could let me finish, this man is a traitor to our country at this point. Every single decision that he makes is in direct contrast to what should be done. You might as well have Xi and Putin sitting in that freaking White House right now because everything he does doesn't just hurt every single one of us Americans, he's now hurting the world and he's hurting the country. There's so many things that could be done. We all know about the oil. We can open up our pot. It doesn't matter. What and everyone oh, you gotta wait for the midterm elections or we can wait till twenty twenty four. The Republicans that are in there, they don't care. They like the way that things are. I don't understand and this is my question and then I'll go. How is he allowed to get away with all of this? I mean, if he goes on T V tomorrow and he shoots five 10 kids in the face, and then he walks away. Is he allowed to do that? Because everything else he does is against our country. Everything he does, he gets away with. Now, you're talking talking about President Biden, Hudson. Is that what you're referring to, his policies? Yes. (laughs) You know, but you know what? I hear what you're saying because I I just wanted to hear from you because I knew that's what you meant, but I wanted to hear your words. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Um, Your point is, is... Absolutely powerful, because think about the fact about the oil and gas, and even let's just get into his policies, like you said. The fact that he cut down Keystone Pipeline, he stopped it. The fact that even the other day, as he gave what were, I think, extraordinarily lackluster sanctions, and then he in the same breath says, oh, well, we're not going to do federal drilling. It's like, are you kidding me? You know, he can't even admit that what he did was so wrong, that it's such a horrible policy. He's so beholden 
to these, you know, these sort of uh, left-wing loonies in his party that are so consumed with climate change and all these things to the point, Hudson, where John Kerry the other day, I was amazed. Here it was a few days, right sort of at the beginning of all this. John Kerry, just a few days ago in an interview, I couldn't believe it. They were saying to him, you know, well, what are your thoughts about what's going on with Russia and Ukraine? And the answer is, we're praying for peace for these people. We're praying, you know, that things are going to be okay. We're going to try to do what we can to help them. No, his answer was, you know, gosh, if there's war, that might hurt with emissions. It's like, are are you kidding me? Like, who is thinking about climate change at a point where Ukraine is thinking about their survival? where thousands upon thousands of Ukrainians and others are going to be slaughtered. You know, I mean, who is thinking right now at this moment of, you know, of the fact that, you know, uh, of electric cars versus gas guzzling cars. But that's what John Kerry is thinking of. And you're right, Hudson, that this administration has been so out of whack with their priorities. And the problem is they're not even admitting anything was wrong They're not going to reverse it, so it seems. They still seem so beholden to this this fringe left of the party and these policies that no matter what is happening, that world security is on the line, they still won't go back on it and say, gosh, maybe we made a really bad mistake or because of this dire crisis, we're going to have to reverse our policies. And you're right. It is shameful and it's outrageous. And I think it's extremely extremely dangerous and i think right now we are seeing the results of incorrect policies at this incorrect time in american history and world history and and sadly you know this administration is really just following i mean i was i was embarrassed today when i saw our president say well we're going to go with what the U- eu is doing it's usually always america leads and the eu kind of comes along they lead the eu now it's like, you know, Biden's like putting his tail between his legs and kind of going, OK, EU, maybe I'll do it. You know, I mean, that's embarrassing. We are supposed to be the leaders of the free world. And to me, I want the best for this country. I want the best for the world. And tonight I am deeply concerned at the way this president has handled it. And so are so many other people around the globe because it's just opening us up. I agree with you, Hudson. There are so many problems here. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Tonight could be decisive for the future of Ukraine, also world security. And guess what? President Biden's in Delaware. Have an ice cream. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Breaking news. And you're listening to the Rita Cosby Show. The fight for Ukraine is right in the thick of it at this hour. In fact, the Ukrainian president just saying a few moments ago that the fate of Ukraine is now being decided. And that is because Russian troops are in the capital city. They are being seen and heard right around the capital city. Explosions as well. Troops on the ground. And that means that they are coming in towards the capital city, heading toward anybody who is fighting for the throes and basically the hearts of that country. And apparently the Ukrainians are giving them a very, very tough fight. I'm very proud of the Ukrainian citizens fighting for their country, fighting for freedom. And here's the sounds that they are hearing in Kiev at this hour. Air raid sirens have been taking place for the last few hours. Take a listen. Sounds like this. 
And again, at this hour, all men, especially 18 to 60, are told you cannot leave the country. You have to fight for freedom of Ukraine. And citizens, doesn't matter, even grandmothers and kids are picking up their arms and fighting to protect this country because, then again, the Russians now in the capital city. What are your thoughts, everybody, and what do you think brought us to this moment? And, of course, most importantly, our thoughts and prayers are with the Ukrainian people right now. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Michael in Nutley. Go ahead, Michael, your thoughts. First of all, Hudson was correct before, but this is what I want to say. To all, to all the Democrats, where is this headed to your public question? It's going towards Poland. And to all these Democrats, you know, thank you. Thank you for voting for a weak president. You got your wish. America is not the top dog on this planet anymore. We're in second or third place. Thank you for voting for Joe Biden and putting us there. And I have, and I have an appeal to any Russians out there in America. If you have any family members in Moscow, please send a message to get their scope and rifle and take out Putin because he's a danger to the free world. We've seen this before 80 years ago with Hitler. He's a true danger to the free world. If you want to see Moscow and Russia burn in some, in some nuclear exchange, put an end to Putin now because he's the greatest threat to European freedom and the rest of the free world. And I would show President Xi, put him back in his place if he tries to do anything on Taiwan or anything in the Pacific Rim. We Americans should not have allowed this to happen. But since these Democrats trusted their got bamboos to trust their vote with, with this weak, pathetic president, we are not the top dog on this planet anymore. And we you know what? And you know, place. Michael, that that to me is an embarrassment when I see the fact that you're right. He has not been leading this effort. He's been definitely following this effort. And I do not believe President Trump would have been in this situation. I believe he would have been much tougher with Putin well before this because the writing was on the wall. Everybody, when we come back, we're going to continue with your calls. And the great General David Petraeus joins us here on the show. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue, police rescued a man after a crash near a community lake in Gilbert, Arizona, that left him trapped underwater inside his vehicle. Gilbert officers said they believe a medical condition may have caused the man to drive over the ledge and into the body of water. The man was successfully pulled from the vehicle after officers and also fire personnel left in to save him. The officers are being hailed as heroes for their fast action and bravo so much to our great men and women in blue. Well, right now, Ukraine is literally fighting for its survival. There are reports that heavy fighting is taking place in the streets of Kiev. That is, of course, the capital city of Ukraine with a population of three million people. And this is because there is an all-out assault done by the Russians against the Ukrainians. And, in fact, the president of Ukraine says the fate of Ukraine is now being decided and that it could be decided tonight. 
And what's so incredible, yes, they're outmanned, yes, they are outgunned, but the people of Ukraine are picking up arms, not just the military there, but the citizens are picking up up arms and they have had some good success they've shot down a number of russian planes they have at least thwarted some of their efforts but again it is really a david and goliath fight but right now david is fighting back big time take a listen to one of the citizens there of ukraine describing this battle and i can tell you that i'm here with a with a, an awfully lot a, a group of, of really angry people uh, if this idiot actually believes that he's going to occupy the country, um, uh, he's got another thing coming from him. I'm not sure if the, if the statistics are out, but uh, apparently, according to official stats, there's been 2,800 Russian soldiers killed in Ukraine uh, just today. And joining us now to talk about the very latest military developments in Russia's invasion of Ukraine is former CIA director and great military commander, General David Petraeus. General Petraeus, I've got to get your reaction, of course, to all these reports of Russian troops now in the capital city of Kiev. Your thoughts? Well, getting to the outskirts of Kiev and then controlling it are two different matters. Um, I think all of us have recognized all along that sooner or later, Russia could just crush the conventional Ukrainian forces. Uh, But actually, they've put up a very determined fight. Uh, They've made the Russians pay a considerable price already. Uh, I think most of us have felt that after day two, the Russians certainly have not met the objectives uh, for day one and day two. But again, given the short distance, the enormous forces and so forth, sooner or later the Russians were going to uh, get at least into the outskirts of Kiev. But what I think has been striking is not just that the the Ukrainian forces are fighting with enormous determination, uh, it's that the people seem determined to resist as well. Uh, you know, there's a report of, of a couple that just got married and literally spending their honeymoon with AK-47s in their hands, uh, ready to d- defend their country. Uh, President Zelensky has not left Kiev. I mean, a lot of us thought he might go west to leave Lviv out in the western part of Ukraine. Uh, he hasn't. Uh, he and his family have stayed. He has acknowledged he is target number one. I mean, the real objective of President Putin, of course, is to t- take down this regime uh, and to replace it with, to replace the democratically elected government of Ukraine with a pro-Russian regime. Um, and he may eventually succeed in doing that, but the cost is going to be considerable. I think we will now see the frustration uh, of the Russians play out in a variety of different ways. I think they will literally start to turn the lights off in Kiev. Uh, they're going to go after the power stations. They'll go after the telecoms and the Internet access uh, if they have to, they will starve the city. Um, but again, that is not. This is not how you win hearts and minds. Um, not that they had many to begin with. Uh, but but again, the resistance just seems to be hardening against them. And, and candidly, you know, as a two-star general, a division commander during an invasion of a country, your worst nightmare is that everyone turns against you. Uh, you know, in the, in the invasion of Iraq, we were applauded. Uh, people didn't love the kleptocratic, uh, brutal dictator uh, Saddam Hussein. They were happy to see him and his sons and all the rest of them go. We couldn't control the looting at a certain point, but they really, again, wanted to be liberated. In this case, they don't want to be liberated, and they're going to fight. 
and uh, and I think the Russians are going to have a very very difficult time. Uh, when I was at the Munich Security Conference last weekend, we met with a Ukrainian parliamentary delegation and, and one of the ministers, and we heard from President Zelensky. And the message was that that the Ukrainians will fight, that they will endeavor to be a porcupine that is very difficult for the Russians to digest, to swallow. You know, there's some doubt about that. It's easy to have, you know, rhetoric in, in Munich in a, in a nice afternoon. Um, it's much more difficult when the bombs begin to drop. Uh, if anything, they have, again, hardened as the bombs have begun to drop, and it's a real damage has begun uh, in, in Kiev in particular. But, again, I think that the Russians, 190,000, if it is that many, that is nowhere near enough to control um, even probably the eastern half of the country, much less the entire country. They remember Afghanistan, um, and they should be that should be setting off alarm bells in the back of their mind, I think, especially if uh, NATO will continue to support, as the Secretary General today uh, said would be the case. You know, General uh, David Petraeus, um, I agree with you. It's been extraordinary to see the fight of the people of Ukraine and the president of Ukraine under the most dire of circumstances. Where do you see this headed then with now getting maybe some more NATO support as you're talking about, although we won't see NATO boots on the ground, as we know, we won't see U.S. troops on the ground. No, 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 that's correct. And that that has been explicitly ruled out, I, I think, generally, wisely, because we don't want to tempt the start of World War III at this point. Uh, but the continued support of weapons, uh, it's evident that the javelins, uh, the anti-tank weapons that are a fire-and-forget system and very lethal, effective out to about 2,500 meters, uh, the Stinger uh, air defense missiles, that these have taken a toll. Again, the Russians, as I said, can overwhelm the Ukrainian forces. There's no question about that. The question was, would they fight even after they've been penetrated, bypassed, encircled. And so far, that is the case. Uh, But it's going to get very hard from here on out, but on the Russians as well. I mean, imagine being a logistical convoy rolling down the road without great weaponry support. Uh, The tanks are ahead of you. You're trying to catch up with them to refuel and rearm them, perhaps give them new food and supplies. Um, They're going to be very vulnerable uh, if, in fact, those forces that have been bypassed or penetrated uh, just sort of melted back into the the woods, and now they come out and attack the very lightly armed logistical convoys. Uh, So they can do an awful lot of damage, and I think that they will, Uh, but the Russians are going to retaliate without question, Uh, and as I said, we can expect ultimately to see the lights go off, to see communications cut off, uh, and to see very, very tough fighting. Uh, The Russians have a history of really being very brutal. Uh, We've seen that in Syria, where they bombed civilians indiscriminately. Uh, We saw it in in Chechnya, of course. They destroyed Grozny, basically, to save it, uh, and then found a brutal dictator that they could pay off to take over and just sort of keep a lid on things. Um, So this is going to be very, very hard, and it's going to be you know, it's going to be hell for the Ukrainian people, and it will be likewise for the Russian soldiers. Yeah, it is certainly going to be difficult. The world is watching real quick. How much do you think these sanctions, now the new news today is that sanctions on Putin, sanctions on his foreign minister Lavrov will have General Petraeus. Um, 
even President Biden has admitted a lot of these different sanctions are going to take time, and I don't know how much time the Ukrainians have. Well, I don't think anyone has ever thought that the sanctions, in, in, in a sense, would bring Russia to its knees in the short term. Um, this will play out over time. Russia has built up a very considerable war chest, if you will, over $600 billion in foreign reserves. They have a, they've drawn down their national debt. It's, it's under, way under 15% of GDP, much, much less than most developed countries in the world. Uh, so in that sense, they're probably in a pretty good situation. But we've seen they're, they're, the currency has tanked. The stock market is way, way down uh, in Moscow. And you have to think that some of those around Putin are saying, oh, man, you know, this is – there goes the townhouse in uh, in London. Uh, there goes the access to the kids' school in Switzerland. You name it. Uh, all of these privileges to which these oligarchs have gotten used to, it, 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 it's – that is over. Um, and you do wonder at some point where someone does try to pull him aside, but of course that's not going to prove very successful. So I think you, you're going to see, in a sense, loss on all sides in Russia and Ukraine. Um, and again, the Russian people will be the ones inevitably who will over time uh, bear the brunt of the damage to the Russian economy, noting that again, they still are going to be exporting enormous amounts of crude oil and natural gas, and you won't see sanctions on energy because, again, that would have knock-on effects not just for Europe but also for the United States at a time when crude oil markets are already very tight and we're already paying a high price at the pump. So uh, I think sanctioning him personally is very significant. Uh, I know there are concerns about the cutting Russia off from the SWIFT financial transaction system. That would be another enormous uh, blow, but it would have knock-on effects certainly for the European countries, um, especially those with whom they've had a lot of trade with Russia. So it, I don't think in the short term uh, this causes him to alter his calculations. I think he's probably more dug in than ever now about seeing this thing through. I just don't think he's going to see it through in any short time whatsoever. Uh, they can, again, they can, in a sense, sack Kiev, uh, but the people are going to continue to make life very, very miserable for the occupied forces. And again, having ultimately, of course, faced insurgents and extremists and Iranian-supported Shia militia uh, in Iraq and then similar challenges in Afghanistan, um, if the people turn against you, you've got a really serious problem. We never did have that. Uh, we generally had a reasonable amount of popular support and a relatively small number of people who either actively or tacitly supported uh, the insurgents and the extremists. Um, in this case, if you have an entire country that, or the bulk of it against you, life is going to be very, very hard. Yeah, absolutely. And it is amazing to see the Ukrainians fight for their freedom. Um, I know the world's cheering them on. General Petraeus, thank you so much for being here during this really important time. We so appreciate you being here on the show with us. A pleasure, Rita. Thanks. Well, very important to get his perspective because, boy, he has been in battle before. And again, at this hour, as we were just talking about with General Petraeus, the fight, basically, of the future of Ukraine is happening, it looks like, tonight. And that is because Russian forces have invaded. And in the last few minutes, as you just heard, they are surrounding the city. 
and citizens are taking up arms. Apparently, they've had some success against Russian troops. Also, uh, with the help of air defense systems, they've been taking down, apparently, some Russian planes, according to reports. But right at this point, there is heavy fighting in the streets of Kiev, the capital city. Let's go to Jimmy in Brooklyn. Jimmy, you're listening to the Rita Cosby Show. Your thoughts about what's going on right now and how we got here. This, what we got here is a mess, but this is so, I don't know what the word is. It's like exhilarating in a way to see these people fight for their freedom. I cried last night. I don't really cry that easily. Uh, listen, I work with a lot of various groups, Vietnamese, Cuban, Chinese. If people want to go to some of the protests against uh, what Putin's doing, there's a Ukrainian Congressional Committee of America has a website, and then they have events, so you can see whatever right protest. It would be nice to have American flags, Canadian flags, my Chinese, my Cuban, my Vietnamese friends. We need to see a foreign support, foreign flags. This is a world movement that, that we got to stop. Putin is KGB. I wouldn't say he's a Russian president. I would say he's a dictator of Soviet Russia. I'll go this further. A, I'll, I'll call him a war criminal because he's committing war atrocities right now. I'll go that far, Jimmy. He is. And now there's, there's a, a communist newspaper. I won't say the name unless you let me. They're saying what Russia could do now is build bases in Iran, Cuba, and Venezuela. Well, Russia is already deeply in those countries. Well, and by the way, Jimmy, Jimmy, not to let you go too far because I want to stay focused tonight, but you hit an excellent point that the world is watching and that Putin's intention have been, you know, has been like, okay, we'll go after Ukraine and it doesn't sound like he's stopping there. Just as you point out, he's dealing with all these other bad actors. You know, Jimmy, you brought up a great point. Where are the protests like all over the streets of America? I'd love to see in front of the U.N. You know, a lot of times you see these different groups protesting and you see these different people fighting for freedom. And sometimes when we've seen like, you know, folks on, you know, at the U.N. General Assembly, like I remember when, you know, uh, you know, Cubans were there. And of course, they were upset that there was a Cuban leader and they were protesting in front or if they agree with or something or disagree with something, they seem to come out in full force. Jimmy, I love your message because I'd love to see in the streets of New York and in the streets of all these different major cities across the country, flags with Ukraine flags and flags with American flags, just peacefully protesting and marching and saying, we are with you for freedom. That Boy, Jimmy, that's a great, great message. What do you think? Let me give you the website. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I don't want to give out a communist website, but I want I want you to focus real quick, Jimmy, on what that message would send to the streets of America if we saw that, you know, if and if the world saw those flying flags like you talked about. They have demonstrations every day now by the UN, by the mission. It's UCCA. I guess it's dot org. UCCA, and you look at events. It'll list a protest. This is uh, is very good. You need. I would like to. These see are them burn these are the, the peaceful. These are the peaceful protests, which I'm I'm happy to give out that because that's at least a good sign, at least. And Jimmy, listen, bravo. But I want to see more. I want to see that are really making headlines. So we see on the cover, you know, of the New York Post or the the paper in Tennessee, paper in South Dakota, paper in California. I want to see on the front page of those papers 
Americans waving flags and the Ukrainian flags and saying, we stand for freedom together. The whole world should be out there. That would send a message, along with those protesters in the streets of Russia that are protesting against Putin. Think about the guts of those people there, too, that are happening at that hour right now tonight. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. What do you make of what's happening tonight? How concerned are you about Ukraine and how did we get there? How concerned are you about our president in the White House and the way he's handled this one? 1-800-848-9222. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show. Breaking news. And this is The Rita Cosby Show. As we are speaking, gunfire coming from all different directions, reportedly from those who are on the ground in the capital city of Ukraine. And that is because Kiev is under attack from the air and the ground as we speak. And in fact, so much so that the president of Ukraine is saying that the fate of his country could be decided tonight. And the people of Ukraine are fighting back. Men, women, children, they're picking up arms. Take a listen to a citizen in Ukraine who says the country is armed and they're ready. This country's mobilized. Um, I, I mean, there's, there's so much. Uh, we've had weapons handed out today at the Territorial uh, Brigade offices. Um, so basically anybody that wanted to get a, a, a rifle, an automatic weapon, was, has, has had uh, uh, weapons issued. And let's go to your calls, everybody. What do you make of the guts of the people of Ukraine fighting the biggest military force in the world, one of the most ruthless for sure? Uh, Of course, I think ours is by far the biggest and the best, but this is definitely the most ruthless now that is existing in the world today, the Russian force, and they are putting everything they have against the people of Ukraine, and they are still fighting. Talk about guts. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Bill in Philadelphia. Bill, your thoughts about what's happening tonight and I think President Biden's very lackluster attempt at trying to help Ukraine. Oh, this, uh, Good evening, uh, Rita. It's always wonderful to hear you. I hear you every night. Thank you so much, Bill. What are your thoughts real quick? We just have a few My seconds here. My thoughts are that uh, this is a repeat of what happened in 1956 in Hungary when they rose up against Soviet tyranny. Do you remember hearing about it? Yes, I sure do, by the way. I yeah, sure do. the same thing. Think the about the guts. Up, Think about the they guts. They didn't get any help, and uh, they were crushed. Yes, yes. And that's so why, Bill, Indians, you brought up a very good point, because— They are fighting with everything they have right now, and they're reporting successes. But as you're pointing out, eventually they right now look like they're clearly going to be outmanned and outgunned by the Russian. But boy, are they putting up a fight tonight. We're going to continue after the break with this breaking news. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Breaking news. And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show as fresh new explosions are being heard Sadly, in Kiev at this hour, which is taking a pounding 
as the Russian troops are advancing on the Ukrainian capital. Heavy fighting said to be right now on the streets of Kiev. And the president of Ukraine saying that he is staying in his city and that he and Ukrainians are staying and fighting. And there are some really incredible heroic reports coming from the Ukrainian side talking about losses that they have given to the Russian side. Again, this is a David and Goliath fight. And at this point, the president of Ukraine saying that the fate of his country is going to be decided tonight. That is a dramatic moment as right now all Ukrainian citizens that are there are said to be taking up arms and fighting for freedom of their country. Meantime, our president has gone to Delaware for the weekend. And he, I just think, has been so lackluster, has been such a follower in this whole ordeal, has been very delayed in reacting. And just a little bit ago, they imposed some new sanctions on Putin himself and on the foreign minister. But again, no sanctions on Russia selling oil and gas. Uh, No word that he's going to start up Keystone Pipeline. Uh, No word that they're going to basically remove Nord Stream forever. It's only temporarily suspended at this point, temporarily delayed. What is he doing? Leading very much from behind. And at this point, the Ukrainian people are in the fight of their life. Take a listen. These are some of the air raid sirens that are being heard in the capital of Kiev today. Take a listen. And those sounds are also being followed by gunfire, bombing, and right now thousands are also fleeing the country. Many, many Americans that were in Ukraine fleeing to the borders, particularly Poland nearby, fighting, also staying heavily armed, and stories of grandmothers and young kids picking up guns because they say they are fighting for the future of their country. And joining us in just about a second or two, we're going to be talking to Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin and get his take on what he thinks of the politics involved in this, particularly with President Biden, what he's done, what he hasn't done in this, and the fact that there are huge military operations taking place right now with Russia against Ukraine. First, here's a comment from Dan Hoffman. And this is what he had to say. He's a former CIA station chief, Fox News contributor. And this is how he described what's going on in Ukraine right now. Even at the late juncture, when Russia had 70,000 troops on Ukraine's border, threatening Ukraine back in April, uh, they got a summit between Vladimir Putin and President Biden. But what we didn't do at that time was send Ukraine the Patriot air defense missiles, the Harpoon anti-ship missiles that they need now. I can't imagine how difficult it must be right now for Ukraine not to have the military support that we should have given them not just months but years ago. And it's just too late uh, to get that kind of equipment in in the middle of a war. Extraordinarily challenging. And joining us now here on the Rita Cosby Show to talk about all of this is Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin, had more than 30 years in the U.S. Army and also 
is the former Deputy Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence. Uh, General Boykin, lots of big developments tonight as we're seeing that Russian troops are coming into Kiev, the big capital there in Ukraine. Your reaction to all of this? My reaction is that uh, I think uh, Vladimir Putin grossly underestimated the uh, tenacity and the determination of the Ukrainian people and overestimated the uh, capabilities of his military because they are they are in some tough battles right now with uh, with the Ukrainians and uh, the, apparently I mean reports are maybe as many as 2400 of them uh, of the Russians have been killed now we don't know first reports are always skeptical but uh, what we do know is that the uh, Ukrainians are fighting a very tough battle here. They have destroyed Russian tanks, Russian uh, armored personnel carriers, and they've they've killed Russians. And uh, this is not going to bode well for Vladimir Putin among the Russian people. What do you make of the rhetoric from Vladimir Putin, General Boykin? Because the way he's been talking, it's and he's even been like kind of you know saying, "Oh, we're going into." go after the Nazis, essentially, is what he's calling, you know, the Ukrainians, mm. and let alone Zelensky, the head of it, he's mm. Jewish. I mean, the, but the rhetoric is just so over the top. Yes, it is. And this is uh, this is part of the psychological operations campaign. And this part of it is directed at the Russian people. He wants to convince the Russian people that we, the Americans, we, the West, we, NATO, are an existential threat to Russia. So every move that we make, he will come up with something to portray that as being something that it isn't, which is a threat to Russia. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. He's trying to create this sort of false reasoning with his own people. But, you know, it's fascinating. Even in Russia, there have been protests. Um, Talk about the courageous people out there. Some of the citizens of Russia actually protesting, supporting Ukraine. Keep in mind, the Russians have been at peace since uh, 1989. They've had some little clashes down with uh, one of the Islamic groups in in an Islamic area there. But uh, they haven't really been at at war since uh, 1989 when they pulled out of uh, Ukraine. Now, ask yourself, why did they pull out of Ukraine? Well, the simple fact is they pulled out of Ukraine after 10 years there because so many Russian sons were coming home in body bags and they could not nobody could explain to them what their son died for or what the objectives were in Afghanistan and ultimately the pressure built to the point that they had to pull out of there I'm telling you uh, I've been saying on you know every newscast that I've been on this is going to be a bloody battle it's and he has indeed underestimated the uh, the Ukrainian people they're a tough rugged people and uh, and he should know that. He should understand that. And everybody, we are talking to Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin. Um, let me ask you, General, how do you think President Biden has handled this? Because it, it feels like we're leading from behind and, and these sort of sanctions that may take place in a month. I mean, it's crazy. I think he's basically done everything wrong. Look, you know, he's first of all, when Biden got up and talked about a minor incursion, you know, just think about what the what was the message? What was the message he was sending to Vladimir Putin? Okay, well, let you have the eastern part, but uh, you better not go any further. I think that was the what he was saying, and uh, and and Vladimir Putin uh, has a profile on Joe Biden that his intelligence people have provided him, and I think there's no question 
that Putin knows that uh, our administration is very weak right now. And, and then the fact that our, our president uh, really did not until just recently, within the last like 10 days or so, really started rallying the uh, our, our NATO allies, but also, uh, the, you know, the European Union as a whole. And uh, they're coming together now, but it's too little too late. Yeah, definitely. Um, what kind of a grade would you give President Biden, General? Oh, I think he's I, I think it's a total failure. Do you think this would have happened on Donald Trump's watch? I don't. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't think so. And I think many people agree with you, too, that they think that, you know, President Trump certainly would have been tougher, would have been stronger, um, would have talked to and would Putin. would have led. Um, would yeah, have and led. would have led from the beginning. And that's what they need right now is American leadership. And, and uh, we really have not provided that. So uh, it's it's a sad situation here because... The Ukrainians are going to pay the price for this. And speaking of sad situations, um, we're just seeing reports that Germany is finally sending, get this, 5,000 helmets to Ukraine. Here it is, you know, a few days into this invasion, and they're finally sending just helmets. What's your reaction to that? Yeah, look, I think the fact that Germany was willing to uh, stop the uh, Nord Stream 2 pipeline was of a major decision for Germany, which, if you think about it, it was our president that lifted the sanctions on that pipeline. But the, uh, you know, the Germans, as the most powerful economy, and they really have been uh, up until the last decade one of the more powerful militaries in uh, NATO or in Europe. Uh, and and they have just gone down the tubes as far as I am concerned in terms of their values, in terms of what they stand for. Now they've got 60 percent of their energy coming from the Russians. And, uh, you know, it's an issue of cutting off your nose to spite your face for them. But uh, they have, look, 5,000 helmets, really? Are you serious? They need anti-aircraft weapons. They need anti-tank weapons. They need uh, lethal uh, machine guns and rifles and the kinds of things that you make war with. The helmets are good. Thanks. I'm sure they can use them. But come on. They need to get off the dime and, and get involved in helping to push supplies into the Ukraine. And not only uh, military supplies, but humanitarian supplies as well. Yes, 1,000 percent, because it is an absolute crisis there and, of course, a state of emergency. Um, General Jerry Boykin, thank you so much. It is so great to have you here on the show on such an important time, the former undersecretary, deputy undersecretary of defense for intelligence. General, a real pleasure and an honor to have you here. Thank you, Rita. And isn't that amazing, as I was just talking about, with General Boykin, with all of you, that the 5,000 helmets that Germany committed to sending to Ukraine last month, they're finally getting there. They're in the heat of war right now. Are you kidding me? And that's what they're doing? That, to me, is astounding. Absolutely astounding. When we come back, I'll take your calls, everybody. What do you make of Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin basically saying Biden has failed? And he has not just failed America, but failed the world. And tonight, 
Ukraine and the Ukrainian people are fighting for their survival as we speak. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show. Breaking news. And at this hour, the capital of Ukraine. Kiev is apparently being attacked from air and ground by the Russians. There are explosions being heard throughout the city, but the people of Ukraine are fighting. Take a listen to this Ukrainian parliament member who actually picked up arms and is joining the fight for freedom. We are fighting for our existence, facing incursions from everywhere, battling on every front line, losing men and uh, losing territory. But we are pushing back, pushing back and pushing back because we have nowhere to go. This is our country and we are going to win. Wow. Bravo to that incredible fighting spirit of the people of Ukraine. And as I was reporting, Germany just sending in basically 5,000 helmets that they promised last month. By the way, I also listen to your tweets and read your tweets and take a look at them, you guys. So make sure that you send in comments on Twitter, also at Rita Cosby. Uh, Catherine says, Rita, I like the Ukrainian spirit. It reminds me of Todd Let's Roll. Obviously, talking about Todd Beamer, who was facing those undire, that very difficult circumstance on that flight that crashed in Shanksville and said, let's roll. We are putting the fight. It doesn't matter what it is. We're going to fight for freedom. And that's the same thing that we're seeing of the Ukrainian spirit, those people tonight picking up arms, young children, grandmothers, all these reports fighting as that country is being encircled by the Russians in the capital city. Let's go to Robert in Philadelphia. Robert, you're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Your thoughts, Robert? How you doing, Rita? I will be quick. First, an outrage and then a hurt, okay? Um, all these hamstrings of our oil industry and no sanctions against the Russians, even after all this on this oil, it's ridiculous. The climate change movement has killed this country, and now it's killing the rest of the world, and they have got to go. Second thing, I'm an honorable American. I consider you to be an honorable American. I watched that speech. I'm not sure if it was Zelensky or his foreign minister reminding us of the 1994 Budapest Accord. Now, if I had been in that room, better yet, if you had been in that room when he gave that speech, would you have been able to look him in the eye? Yeah, no, you bring up a great point because we were promising that we would protect them. We were promising that we would stand by them. And you're right. They also gave up nukes and thought, okay, well, in return, Russia's not going to go after us. In return, America and so many others are going to come to our aid. And here they are. You're right. Um, And now they are fighting. And even Zelensky, the president there, is saying we are fighting alone. Um, and, And you're right. It is heartbreaking to see. And you're right. They should be sanctioning. They should be going after the oil and gas, Putin's oil and gas. Go to the heart and soul of this guy. Look what he's doing. He's taking over a free country as we speak. Let's go to Stan in Forest Hill. Stan, you're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Go ahead, my friend. Uh, first of all, the Ukrainians are making the Russians bleed tonight, and they need to bleed heavily. Yeah, bravo. I'm happy to see that, aren't you? Oh, I let them, and uh, as much as they can do. As much, and I do hope the president of Ukraine survives. I don't know if he will. Sounds like he sees what's coming, 
And I hope I would like to see him escape if he can to speak for another day. But Me too. I hope he survives the morning. We'll see. I but know. The sto- there has been a, a news story made tonight on your show by General Petraeus. Not this other general you had on, but General Petraeus. Basically, General Petraeus basically said exactly what President Biden has been doing. He didn't criticize him at all. He's doing exactly. We're not sending troops in, which is what he said we should not do because we'd start World War III. The president is not doing that, as many have thought that he should. But General Petraeus did not criticize President Biden at all. Secondly, he's talked about the sanctions. There need to be more sanctions, which the president is doing. That's what General Petraeus says. General Petraeus is a thoughtful and very tough general. And by the way, and Stan, you're right, he he is absolutely all that. What he did say was also that there should be some swift banking sanctions. Those are the big, big ones against President Putin. And he really feels that there should be even heavier sanctions. Um, And so from that perspective, you know, he's, he's looking at what's happening and he's seeing the tea leaves. But he is also realizing that at this hour, you know, clearly Ukraine is in the fight of its life. And he's very impressed with the Ukrainian people. Uh, I mean, tonight, you think about the fight that they are seeing in the streets. They are hiding in the subways. We're hearing reports of, like, grandmothers picking up guns and picking up arms and trying to kill Russian soldiers. This is extraordinary. This fight for freedom's amazing. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which we love doing, it's always honoring our great men and women in uniform. Well, tonight we are thinking of the Native, the NATO Response Force, and that is because NATO has activated its response for response force for the very first time in American history. And this is an extraordinary move. And that is potentially up to 40,000 forces from a variety of countries, of course, including America. Um, it will be led by a U.S. general. It's a four-star general who is actually going to be leading it. An American general will be leading this force. And NATO has activated its response force, again, for the very first time in American history since its existence. And basically, its role is not to go into Ukraine, which is taking a beating right now, as we know. But what is happening is they are going to be protecting NATO allies and their borders. And that means countries like Poland, um, a number of other countries in that region. And they are basically beefing up support, not just with forces, but also warplanes, ships, a variety of American hardware and other hardware from other NATO countries are all galvanizing together, realizing that they must stop Putin in his tracks. And right now, again, they're not going into Ukraine, but they're protecting the other countries to make sure that there's no spillover into any other countries. What an extraordinary moment in history. Again, for the very first time, NATO activating its response force led by an American general up to potentially 40,000 forces from a variety of NATO countries going to NATO border countries that are right there around Russia, around Ukraine, to protect those countries should 
the fighting spill over into other countries. And, of course, we are thinking of them tonight big time. Well, we were just talking about what President Biden has done and what he hasn't done, basically. Um, And so much of it has been too little, too late, in my opinion. It's been lackluster. And I think about how different it would be if we had a much more forceful president who is leading. I don't even hear him pounding the tables and saying, hey, what the heck is going on? I don't hear any force in his voice, and we're not seeing really any force in his actions. And today, he talked about more sanctions coming down, this time against President Putin and also the foreign minister there. But you know what? It's like sanctions. Putin doesn't care about sanctions necessarily, particularly on the finances, because he's basically, as we were just talking about, we heard it from General Petraeus and General Boykin. We're both talking about here on the show how Putin has basically been building up his war chest, all his money. So it's like, oh, you're sanctioning us? You're doing it after the fact? And a lot of people are saying it will have no impact, including K.T. McFarland, former National Security Council executive under then-President Trump. Take a listen to how K.T. describes the impact of these sanctions from our president and others. I mean, those sanctions won't make a hoot of difference. The only sanctions that would make a difference is kicking Russia out of the international banking system, which the Germans won't allow and other countries in Europe won't allow because that would shut off Russian oil and natural gas um, exports to Europe. So why are we not doing that? Why are we not cutting them off in the SWIFT banking system? You just heard why. But boy, that really would be hitting them where it hurts. And why are we not sanctioning oil and gas in general from Russia? That's where they get most of their money. Well, today at the White House press briefing, Jen Psaki was asked by Peter Ducey of Fox News, what the heck is going on? Is anything you're doing basically working? And she didn't like that exchange. Take a listen. What have you guys done throughout this slow-moving Russia crisis that has worked? In what capacity? Well, the president talked to Putin. He talked to the G7. He threatened sanctions. He put sanctions in place. Now he says the sanctions are going to take 30 days uh, or about a month. Do you guys think the people in Ukraine have about a month? Well, Peter, let me just take a step back and explain to everyone how diplomacy works and how our approach from the United States has worked. Uh, What the president has done is he has built a global coalition uh, to stand up in the face of President Putin and President Putin's aggression and uh, invasion of Ukraine. Uh, What he has done is he has rallied uh, the world, our European partners, even at cost to them in some capacities, to put in place uh, significant sanctions, historic sanctions, that would have an enormous impact on the Russian financial sector. It is President Putin's choice to go to war and invade Ukraine. That is what he has done. It is our choice and our responsibility and the role of the president in the United States to rally opposition and make sure they feel significant pain from that choice. That's exactly what we have done. Now, does anybody think that Putin feels threatened by this? So Ducey asked a little bit more. Take a listen to this. And I understand that you're saying that these sanctions will have an impact on Russia. But what good does that do these people in Ukraine who are seeing the news and these U.S. intel assessments that Kiev is going to fall any day. Well, Peter, first of all, we are the largest provider of humanitarian assistance, of security assistance uh, in the world 
to the Ukrainian to the Ukrainian government, which still stands, and support uh, and the biggest supporter of the Ukrainian people, uh, and we will continue to be. And we are leading this global effort to stand up against the aggression of President Putin. And so we are doing. The president is doing nearly everything in his power to lead the world and stand up against the actions of President Putin. What he will not do is send U.S. troops to fight in Ukraine, because he is not going to put the American uh, public, the American people, or the United States in a position of fighting a war with Russia. So in other words, he's basically doing nothing. And he's even said that those sanctions won't even take place. They won't really go into effect, or they won't even feel the impact of them for a month. If you are watching what's happening and listening to this show right now, right now, Kiev is under assault by Russian troops. They're not going to have a month. They may not even have a night. I mean, that's how scary it is. The president of Ukraine is saying tonight may decide the future of his country. Well, we just put up a new podcast, by the way. You've got to check it out. It is our Protecting America podcast, which we do weekly. I love this podcast. And it's also talking about the biggest issues in the day that really affect our security as a country, um, our nation, our borders. And, of course, I had to talk about Russia, Ukraine. So I interviewed the former U.N. ambassador. This is under President Trump, Kelly Kraft. And you can check it out. You can go on WABCRadio.com, wherever you get, by the way, um, your podcast, wherever you check and find your podcast, you download them. Make sure you check them out. And you will check out the, you know, the Red Apple podcast that we have. It is called Protecting America. And we talked about specifically President Biden's response, how it would definitely contrast to President Trump's response. And I asked the former ambassador what she would like to hear from this current president. Take a listen. Here is a little sample of this conversation. It is so powerful. You've got to check out the podcast. Here's a little sample of the discussion. What would you like to see our president say? What do you think he does need to do and say? Well, I'm not an expert, but I certainly would like to see some strength and some power. And when answering questions to the press, you know, He is our commander-in-chief. Don't allow anyone to aggravate you. You answer the question. You take control of a response because all we are looking for is someone to protect not only, as you well know, what happens in Ukraine, what happens all over the world is going to affect the United States. It is definitely going to affect us. I mean, I've, don't you firmly believe that, that we are going to see, our, you know, the global economy matters. It matters from, you know, legal standpoint, moral standpoint. There are so many reasons why what happens beyond the U.S. borders matters within. I just want to see strength. I want to feel strength. I want to feel what I felt when I walked in that Security Council representing Donald Trump, the look when I delivered something, they knew we meant it. They knew my word was coming from President Trump, and it was solid. And everybody, again, check out the Red Apple Media Podcast. Again, it's Protecting America, that new episode. It is an important discussion. And, boy, from someone who's been there in the room at the U.N. Security Council, she said what a contrast it was when she was representing President Trump to now 
the way that this administration is handling it and she believes has emboldened this horrible crisis that's happening right now to Ukraine at this moment. Everybody, what are your thoughts about American leadership or lack thereof in this crisis? How much do you think Afghanistan and the dismal withdrawal of Afghanistan has also played a role and emboldened bad actors like Putin? And are you concerned not only is he at this moment doing a full, you know, all-out assault on the capital city of Ukraine as we speak, are you concerned he's going to keep going west? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Larry in Brooklyn. Larry, your thoughts about all this. Go ahead. Okay, Rita, listen, this is a very propitious time, and you could make a big difference, okay? As a reporter that, that could go to Washington, D.C., Nancy Pelosi suggested that they send $600 million of lethal weaponry to the Ukraine, Okay. Now, I believe that she's on a different side of the fence as Biden, because I picked up something very, very significant. Biden is afraid of Putin. I believe he made a wink and a nod to Putin through his press secretary, Jen Psaki, when she said the following. She said that she said Biden, she said Putin has made his own decision to invade Ukraine. Oops, I think we just lost Larry. Larry, give us a call back. But I heard your point that Biden maybe is afraid of Putin. And who knows? I mean, there's all this kooky stuff going on with Hunter and all the other things. Could there be something that he has on him? But he's also been so disconnected just on so many different issues. Look at the way he handled Afghanistan. Look at the way he's handling this. There's a lot of kooky things going on. Let's go to Ed in North Babylon. Ed, go ahead. You're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Rita, my Polish chain sister, you know, our fathers fought in World War II. And Putin's a bully. Now, his father was in the secret police, then him, then he was deputy mayor, and then he had people killed, and he bullied people out of office, and he's he's following Hitler's plan. You know, we have Biden who has so – I don't know where the guy stores all the – lies and everything else and his family problems in his brain. How can he have peace to even figure this out, Rita? Do you think he can have peace? You're at peace. You're a good person. You're true to yourself, your country. He hasn't been. When they asked him a question in his um, little news conference the other day, which he was ultimately late for, about have you discussed economic sanctions with China, he physically shut down and said, I can't talk about that right now. Yeah, the, yeah, there, yeah. There's he is so disconnected, Ed. To your he, point, he it's don't. like it, it's scary, and I think his disconnection, and I think he has a disconnection from reality right now. The obvious thing is to say, um, even from a policy standpoint, is to say, listen, we made a mistake. You know, we shouldn't be, uh, you know, energy dependent. Let's go back to being energy independent because right now, you know, I don't want to have you guys all have to spend X at the gas tank. You know, I mean, there's some obvious things. And instead, he's saying, I'm staying with my green energy policy, and all of you guys are just going to have to pay more when you gas up your tank. I, I mean, that, to me, it, it is unbelievable. It, it's really so out of whack and out of priorities right now. And it's put a lot of us in incredible jeopardy. And it's putting the country and the world right now in a very insecure point. Ed, um, great call. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Let's go to uh, Joni in Mount Sinai. Go ahead, Joni. You're here on the Rita Cosby Show. 
Hi, Arita. I'm a Polish soul sister right here in uh, Mount Sinai. Hey, I um, love that. Thank you. And, I, and, and by the way, know. the Polish people are worried, you know? Oh, Polish power. Listen, the first thing I want to uh, put out there, I think the American people in general are proud and uh, respect the courage that the Ukrainians are displaying. Absolutely. Another point, I think that we envy Ukraine for having such a courageous president that loves his country, which is something I don't think we have here. We have a compromised man in the White House who has taken money, in my opinion, from all the players, directly or through family connections, Russia, Ukraine threatening uh, the prosecutor investigating Burisma and China. So I think that our guy in chief, he's going to hang back and he's not going to do too much. And besides that, we have other worries right here at home where we have people like General Mark Milley that's very concerned about white privilege and not about the strength of our military. You know, Joni, Joni, you brought up a great, by the way, God bless America, too. You are absolutely right. And God bless, you know, freedom and Poland and all the things you said. I'm so with you on all of that, Joni. Um, You're right that they have spent so much time in our U.S. military with woke politics. You know, we've heard Milley and we've heard the Defense Secretary Austin talking about, you know, wokeness and making sure that they have politically correct. Boy, none of that seems important right now where the world security is on the line. And as I was just saying, the first time in NATO's history that its forces are being activated. They're basically emergency response forces are being activated to protect the other NATO countries' borders. I mean, this is an astounding moment. We want the military to be strong and great and the best fighting force in the world. And by the way, I still think they are. But it doesn't help that they're spending so much time trying to be, quote, politically correct, as opposed to picking up arms and beefing up the military. That's where our priority should be. And boy, is this not a wake-up call like there never has been before. Um, Joni, thanks so much. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, on this big breaking news night as Russia is hitting major targets in the capital city of Ukraine, and it is fighting for its survival. Pray for the Ukrainian people. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Breaking news. And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show as the fight for Ukraine is right in the throes of it right now. The president of Ukraine, Zelensky, said he is staying put as Russian troops are encircling the capital city of Kiev. It is also getting bombed right now, and there is expected to be a lot of bloody urban fighting expected to take place already beginning there. But, of course, throughout the overnight hours and into the day side, it is now light with the sun coming up, and they survived the night but they are continuing to fight with everything they have. I am so impressed by these fighters in Ukraine fighting for their country, citizens picking up arms and fighting with everything that they have. Also, NATO activating their response force. This is for the very first time in world history, sending tens of thousands of troops and hardware, sadly not into Ukraine, because they have said that they will not go in there. Of course, they are not a NATO country, but that they are protecting the other borders around Ukraine, those other countries that are allies. 
um, and doing whatever they can to protect it. Again, led by a U.S. general, a four-star general. But this next night and this next day or two could determine the fate of Ukraine, whether it will be taken over by the Russians or not. And right now, the Ukrainians are fighting with everything they have. Let's go to Howard in New Jersey. Howard, you're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Go ahead. Hi. First of all, I want to thank you for your support of veterans. I met you a while ago. I'm a veteran, and you were um, illustrated your book, Quiet Hero. It was awesome. And I I appreciate that. Thank you. I love you guys, and I appreciate your sacrifice and family sacrifice. Thank you. Um, yeah, the reason I'm calling, I'm a, I'm a Cold War veteran. I'm a Gulf War veteran. I'm a retired police officer. I have family in Poland um, right now that are near the border of Ukraine, and they also have a degree in um, history and international studies. And um, first of all, there were two things I wanted to say. One was that when I was in the military during the Cold War, we had a half a million troops in West Germany. Um, it was a force we reckoned with. It was when the first Bush was president. I really like they're saying they're going to send 7,000 troops to Poland. 7,000 is nothing. And and it's just it's I just don't feel like the military today. And I'm not trying to knock the military today, but we were a force to be reckoned with back then, especially during Desert Storm. And by the Um, way, Howard, yeah, you, you bring up a very good point because you're right. It's that is just a drop in the bucket. And that is not sending enough of a message of strength, especially when you are dealing with a tyrant. Um, let's go to Mike real quick from the Lower East Side. Mike, your thoughts real fast here, Mike. Yeah, yeah. I grew up with Ukrainians, and, and they are what, what you see. But, uh, yeah, I think NATO should send in a defense team uh, to protect and defend these these uh, grandmothers, the children that are fighting all of this. Forget about if they're in a, a, a NATO or not. They, they got to send people in there to defend these bu- from these bullies. They're going to slaughter these people. I know, and that's what's so heartbreaking right now, Mike, is you're right. They are in the fight of existence, the fight of survival. Germany's saying, oh, they're finally getting the 5,000 helmets that they promised them. Thanks a lot. Our president doing sanctions, not enough. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.